You know they want staring point, you know we straight to the point Boy Chris with assist, fast breaks like a joint splitting half Boy J with the J, we throwing heat, no gas, that's a touchdown pass You know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say Now they hardly can guard me like Dirk fade away You know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say Yeah, you know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the straight to the Amy 76 bringing us into episode number 95 up straight to the point. My name is Chris Hero. My guy, J-Dog. What's going on? Yo, and we got so much to talk about, you know, with Brian Flores. We got to talk about Jimmy G. We got to talk about the AFC-NFC Championship games and the Super Bowl being set. We got to talk about your boy Ben Simmons pissing off more people. But, Jared, we could not start this show without talking about the retirement, finally, of the greatest quarterback ever. As, as some person would say, Mr. Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. Jared, the we, you know, we, there's a lot of people who listen and talk about, you know, you talk about Tom Brady and he's this and he's that. And a lot of it is, is you know, you talk to people in Philadelphia and New York. They're not really fans of Brady, but there's no doubt that, that Brady is the best person ever to play quarterback. At least in my opinion, Jared, what what you got to say? Nah, I mean Bill Belichick recently said, and he put it, he said it nail on the coffin. Tom Brady is one of the greatest football players to play the game. He wasn't lying. That's that's a factual statement. Tom Brady has done things that a lot of other QBs would wish to do. A lot of players would wish and envy to do as well, and he just does it like it was nothing. Sometimes that when you watch certain plays that they've done, certain games, and super certain Super Bowls where. Again, probably he, I think Tom Brady has mentioned in, in, in certain interviews, but one of his greatest Super Bowls was that Falcons comeback. Like, that was unprecedented. That's probably one of, the great, one of the greatest games ever. Yeah, what were they down, 28 to 3? 28 to 3. And they came back. Like, that's one of the greatest Super Bowls I've ever watched because just the way he came back in the manner of, he was like, we're not losing the game. And then you're down 28 to 3. You, you would have thought that they were defeated, but he was alive, ready to go every play he fought. And just like, this guy's done a lot of things. He leads in almost a lot of quarterback statistical categories when it comes to winning football. He's the winningest QB in NFL history, I believe, Chris. You say it all the time. So at this point, I think it's memorized. He's the but winner. Like, He's the winner. Tom Brady is just a GOAT. Seven. Like, that's the, that's the number that you have to now keep in your head. That's the that's the hierarchy for any NFL player. Now, like, yo, if I want to be for that. Any, not even like, any NFL seven. player. For any player across sports ever. You're like not one, not two, not three, not four, not. Four. Remember when Brown with the Miami? I not mean, five, not six. Bill Russell got ten, so you can't say Bill I. Bill Russell got eleven. Eleven. Oh yeah, I forgot about but the player. As, but as 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 people might point out, there was only like three teams in the NBA at that point. Yeah, but no, again, seven Super Bowls is tremendous. And mind you, I, I don't know what the argument is. I don't know how the people feel about the argument, but I really do believe that. If we think about it in totality, winning a Super Bowl might be harder. Is is harder than winning a finals in the NBA. Mm-hmm. When you really just think about it, it's one game. Right. It's not a series. It's one. Doesn't matter who's on there. You have players hurt. You're worried about 50, 22 guys on offense. You have 11 on offense, 11 defense. It gets a lot. You have one game and one shot at it. So it's like Tom Brady's done it. Done it many a times. He showcased his dominance. I thought he was going to come back, to be honest with you, Chris. I really thought he had another one in after the way this playoff ended with just, they were just so depleted because of injuries. I yeah. thought he would be like, yo, we got to run it back again. 
but he, he decided that he wanted to be with his family. His wife was tired of seeing him get hit, which I can respect because you take a lot of grueling punishment on the football field. Mm. So it's, it's great to see him go off on a high note. Uh, I mean, going off on a high note, I guess for Brady would have been to win the title this year. No, I mean, he won in, last in year. So I, I think for him, it was just like, hey, I, I, I threw it all on the field. The adversity this season with the whole AB stuff, the whole like everything that was going mm. on on and off the field. He's like, yo, it was time for me. He's like, this is this. He was still in a high note just from the fact that they made it this far with that depleted roster. Dudes were getting hurt every other week. Mm. And I don't think that Brady is the, the type of person to take moral victories and things like that. But mm. I think that, you know, if you listen to what he's been saying, um, a lot of it seemed like reflective. Like he kind of knew in his head, like I'm close. You know, this is kind of probably it. And usually, when when that happens, like even like when you're at a job and you start to kind of start knowing, like yeah, this this ain't going to last long. You kind of in your head already start kind of packing stuff in, packing it in, packing it, packing it. Thing about Brady is, you know, his work ethic shone through, like. You don't win seven titles and play quarterback for 22 years without being a crazy, you know, crazy hard work ethic. You know, people talk about, you know, Brady was this and Brady was slow and Brady had a, you know, average arm and all that stuff. Yeah, he, he did. He, he was like he does all those things. Like Brady was not the most physically gifted quarterback we ever seen. Like Brady wasn't Mahomes. Brady wasn't Rodgers. Brady wasn't, you know, Peyton. But the one thing that Brady did that those guys either didn't or haven't done yet was to play at a high level for 20 years, you know. Brady was smart. He didn't take too many hits, unnecessary risks. Um, He always put his team in position to win a game. You know, he never he never went out there and lost the game. You know, like you never seen like, you know, these guys and you can point out games where dudes just flat out lost that game. Even the great ones had those those terrible games and those those moments where it's like, what are you doing? But Brady really didn't have too many of those. You know, Brady, among, among all else, he beat a lot of guys with his with his mind. And then, of course, when that aura comes around you where it's like, yeah, like he's the GOAT. And then people start coming for you. People start gunning for you. But he, you know, he took a lot of that. He took a lot of that physical punishment. And and people said like, oh, Brady couldn't play in the in the in the early two thousands and in the nineties and stuff. Brady started playing in 01. Like Brady won a title in 01. You know what I'm saying? So he played through all the physical, all the physicality of of that we kind of grew up on that we remember. Um, he played through a, a lot of the rule changes. He played with Hall of Famers. He made he made a lot of guys. Like, he made Wes Welker. You know what I'm saying? He made Edelman, Amendola, like, you know, that that white guy in playing slot. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's, a lot of them came through New England. Um, so you look at a guy like Brady, this is probably the football equivalent of Jordan. Without a doubt. Gotta be. You know what I'm saying? Gotta be. 
like there's no debate i don't that people will argue and say oh Peyton, but like that's just like Peyton. Haters. the that's thing about Peyton, and the thing about Peyton is that Peyton had great regular seasons great Dude, no Peyton, i think might be more talented than tom brady no nah, I'm, I'm not arguing that i'm not arguing that Peyton. like rogers is more talented, talented than all and rogers is talented but the thing that rogers got and that Peyton had is that when it came up in the biggest moments they folded yeah, Brady had that clutch back. Nine times out of ten, they folded. I seen fo- Peyton folded a lot versus New England. Pittsburgh in 05 with the with the Roethlisberger, you know, the Roethlisberger tackle that probably made Roethlisberger's career. You know what I'm saying? Peyton folded against Breeze in the Super Bowl. Peyton fold. you know, like there's a lot of times where uh, it wasn't enough. Rodgers, you know, we all know, <laughs> even the San Francisco this year in these playoffs. Last year versus Brady. There's yeah, the ice in his veins is melting. You know what I'm saying? Like it, things tend to fall apart. Things kind of get shaky. Um, but with Brady, like nine times out of ten, they, he's not gonna put his team in a situation where they can't, you know, they're not one play away, one drive away, one possession away. So <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of that is 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 you know, there's gotta be some type of luck involved. You know, gotta be when you're playing a sport like that. That is so reliant on a lot of things going right. Brady was the benefactor of a lot of things being being right, good situations, you know, good pocket, good coaching. But hey, he he put us up. He's the constant and all that. Seven like, seven bowls, man. Let's just and and this Tom Brady note within with you know me. I, I gotta throw it out there. The last time Brady Super Bowl lost was to the Eagles. That's <sighs> all that matters. We go down the high note. Nick Foles never lost in the bowl. Will be Tom the Brady. absolute greatest win against Tom Brady lost, ever. Lost multiple times in the bowl. So there we go. Here we are. And with Tom Brady retiring, brings about a question of who replaces Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. And in a ironic twist of fate, could be Jimmy Garoppolo. Now that's the reason. A lot of people believe that Tom Brady's not in New England. It's because Belichick chose Jimmy G over Brady. But with Jimmy G more than likely done in San Francisco, could you see a scenario, Jared, where Jimmy G is the guy in Tampa Bay next year? I, I could see it, especially with Jimmy G having been in a 49ers presser talking about the, the looming trade he knew was coming. He knows that this was the year that if you really wanted to stay, to prove himself that it wasn't Trey Lance's time, that they need to win. And he just couldn't get it done against the Rams. Again, that was a great game. He just, you saw, he Jimmy G'd it up. The game that had then been forced to put in his hands, he just couldn't make the throws. He just didn't look great. So if you're the Buccaneers, are you really interested in that? Sure, may- maybe. That's a huge maybe because maybe Bruce Aarons. And a cut left wedge, they can see, they think, hey, we can we can help this out. We've seen enough of Jimmy G where we know he can get you to where we need to get him to. We just need the rest of our guy to step up. There's a possibility. Do they throw it into the hands of Kyle Trask when they took it in the second round? I like Kyle Trask a lot, Chris. We, we saw, uh, I don't know, you're not the biggest college football guy, but you watched enough of him from some of the Florida games from last season to know he has he has the potential in him to be a good QB. Yeah, He's but- been behind Tom Brady, and he, they said that Tom's actually has worked and mentored him a little bit. Probably going to keep in touch even though they're retired. So yeah. you have that option where Kyle Trask is a good backup or to come in and be a starter if he wants to have a QB competition. You can bring that in, and I'm not opposed to it. 
Yeah, but here's my pushback to Trask is you have a team like this that's that's kind of aging, you know, it's kind of getting a little older. You have a lot of guys who who may not be there next year. Is this team competing for a title next year? You know, I think that's team, a good question. Is this team going to be in a position where they can be in the the upper echelon of the NFC? You know, because this team got old quickly. You know, a lot of things broke down. A lot of things changed. We don't know if Gronkowski is coming back. I doubt it. I doubt it. I doubt it. You know, um, is Chris Godwin leaving? Maybe. There's rumors. Um, I, you know, um, Bruce Fournette, is, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Bruce is already referenced is, this, though. Is, is that team's not going to be the same. Is Leftwich leaving? Again, it, so the, know, Bruce Aaron's already it. mentioned it. It's, the team's not going to be the same. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's about things up in what you do in the offseason. And that's and I think that's what that's 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 how like, Tim Bay has to realize like okay where are we going because that determines their next move if they think they can still compete with this roster make one or two tweaks and and be right back in the thick of it why not go get Jimmy G for you know because Jimmy G at this point is a band aid quarterback bridge quarterback yeah, whatever you call he is all right we're going to go ahead with this guy and let our young guy kind of learn a little bit more season a little bit more and be done with it. Because Jimmy G, at this point, I don't believe is the handy keys to the franchise favorite guy. However, however, Jimmy G, if you're going to defend Jimmy G, has has when he's in the lineup, his teams are in position to win games, maybe in spite of him sometimes. But at the most part, he played very well against Dallas, except for maybe about the last five minutes of the fourth quarter. He played well into you know that Super Bowl you know versus Kansas City except for that that overthrow you know what I'm saying so it's if you change one or two plays of Jimmy G maybe we have a different conversation but because things tend to be hit or miss with Jimmy G maybe Tampa Bay is a little bit more you know and teams like Tampa Bay are gunshot and kind of go after a guy who's bandit but Jimmy G's, you know, maybe window of opportunity, maybe a little bit different than just Tampa Bay. You know, it's 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 a nice story. That, hey, hey, he replaces Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. I guess cute and all, but there's a lot of other teams that could be in a position or think they're in a position to compete next year that could use a guy like Jimmy G. Case in point, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Losing Ben Roethlisberger, who also retired. You'd have no real set plan. Like, are you really? Are you really want to? You moving way too fast. There's so many other f- QBs like Jimmy G. Nice and all, but but I'm saying, I'm saying, but he's I'm now saying. in a mix with what Watson, Rogers, Russell Wilson, Ryan Tannehill. But here's he's the, in that mix. Come on, one of these things is not like the other. But anyway, <laughs> was because I mentioned Ryan Tannehill. That's yes, like, that. come on. <laughs> At least Jimmy G. Been to the bowl. You got me there, but again, he's 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 now in the string of behind those guys. But here's the thing, and I'm and I just want to keep it to Jimmy G because we can mention we can mention Rogers, but we don't know until that domino falls where he he goes because every all these teams, all these teams, all these guys who may be moving as quarterbacks, we don't know. Russell Russell might stay. 
I'm just trying to figure out where, where you was going from the Bucks to the Steelers with Jimmy G. I'm saying That's there's there's dream. a lot of there's teams that are maybe consider themselves and we have to win now or we're competing now that may not have a viable quarterback at this moment who can use a plug and play type of guy. That's where I was going. Because then, not every because not everyone can not everyone can get Rodgers. Only one team can have Rodgers. Only one team can have Wilson. So somebody's going to have to settle. And that's where, where, that's where Jimmy is. G that's where it, Jimmy it, G come in at. It does it depends where the money is. We'll have to see. You know, Mike Mike Tomlin's always trying to win. Man, exactly. never had a losing record. So yeah, I, I can see do we see stuff happening, but I'm not too focused on where Jimmy G goes as a priority. If you're like the Buccaneers. Or if you're again, like you mentioned, the Steelers, because at, right, and that, we've seen enough of Jimmy G. Yeah, to but know, you've already mentioned it, to know. You know what he, you know what he is. You know what he is. We've seen enough. If it really stems down to now the roster you've constructed to then add Jimmy G. So you got to right. So you, I don't see him getting moved immediately when free agency starts or whatever. See it being a wait, a wait and see, a touch and go. You wait to see where those other QBs land. You see where these high tier market traders go because I think you got to lock in Chris Godwin first. You have to, right? Like if you're the Buccaneers, you really try and lock in Chris Godwin. You don't let him walk. He's 25 years old. He's showing you he can play outside, inside. He's a slot guy. He can do everything on the field. We've seen how the 49ers just use Debo. Like you need Godwin's a receiver that's in that upper echelon of guys. Like he's a good receiver. You don't want to let those go. You don't want to let a Sue go or Jason Pierre Paul go. Like you lock those guys in first. And then you see where you can build around after you've really constructed your roster. Because Bruce Aarons and his presser already mentioned that roster would not be the same. God, like you, we Gronk Fournette might be really gone. We might not even see Ronald Jones on that roster next season because they're gonna they're gonna be some changes. The only thing that might be consistent is that O line because that O line was dominant last season. Yeah, and the O line is still consistent, like pretty young. You know, you just added a couple pieces. But if I'm Tampa Bay. You have there's a lot of other things you have to address, but the thing I was going with Jimmy G was you have a team, even like Tennessee. Maybe Tennessee is a team where it's like, yo, we need an upgrade over over Tannehill. Because if Tennessee had a had a guy who could play a little bit better than Tannehill, you know, because Tannehill and and a little I, bit. Tannehill is an average quarterback team. He's average. Oh, not even yet. You're absolutely right. He's he's average. he's slightly under Jimmy G. Right. So even Jimmy G is an upgrade over Tannehill at this yep. point. You know what I'm saying? So maybe Absolutely. Tennessee, maybe Tennessee is, is looking for a quarterback. I, I would hope they are. Kristen talked so much trash about him. I hope they listen to because gosh darn it. They oh oh they I were was, the number one seed to I was, I was right, by the way. Absolutely. I was right about I, that, by the way. Tennessee choked it out. <laughs> Don't matter who they play, they play. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I think now we're we're trending towards the free agency conversation. You know, I love talking about it early. You know, I do. It's, it's just touch and go at this point in time until we see how things play out. And Jared, one of your sources told me that there was some real estate, some real estate being moved around in, in Tennessee. Correct? Oh yeah. So the late great Aaron Rodgers decided to buy a late great he died. Man, he after after that game, you'd have thought he did. he's not dead. You'd have thought he chalked it the way uh he played that last playoff game against the 49ers, by the way. Jared, I heard trying to kill people. Not kill him, just say he, he's killing his career. <laughs> Let's put it in that. Aaron Rodgers is killing his legacy. But he did That's buy a plot of land in Nashville. 
I believe, I have not heard any rumors, but I believe the Titans will be in the market for a QB this offseason. I should no, anybody, advise them. Anybody who watched that game knows they're in, a, in the market for a quarterback. Yeah, so I, I strongly advise them that if Rodgers, who has been on the record of saying that he would have no problem playing in Nashville, he's now bought a pot of land to probably build a home in Nashville, I would consider trying to make that trade. And then this now goes to how the, the dynamic of the Packers and Rodgers, do they believe in Jordan Love as the guy? Is he ready? I don't think Jordan Love's ready yet. We've seen enough from him this season to know he's almost there, but he's not there yet. Tannehill could be that stopgap. But if you put Jimmy Rodgers could be, to Tennessee, Jimmy G could be that stopgap. You're absolutely right. And if Rodgers wants to go play for the 49ers, he can go choose to do so. Because he's never, he can't, why, if you can't beat him, join him. So that's I a mean, possibility. Listen, Rodgers grew up a 49ers fan from California. Again, it's possible. I just know for the but Nashville. I, but I, I know, I know. Tennessee. We thought, we talked about it. You know, Green Bay probably doesn't trade him within the conference. Tennessee nope. does make sense. Yeah. And then they have the weapons. They have the weapons you put. And then this is also, if you think about Julio, it in hindsight, 2020. AJ Brown. Derek this takes Henry. off so much pressure, Chris, for Derrick Henry. Because now Derrick Henry was literally the reason why Ryan Tannehill looked so great is because Ryan Tannehill had to throw the ball as much. Well, Aaron Rodgers loves to throw the ball. He throws the ball very well. We've seen mm-hmm. it. This mm-hmm. now releases pressure from always the grueling session of Derrick Henry 24-7 having to be the workhorse. You now have Aaron Rodgers who could throw to two-star receivers and Julio and AJ Brown. So it's a possibility. Would like would would I like to see it happen? Sure, maybe it does. But if not, well, the Titans fans that do listen to us, Tannehill will be your starting QB next season if something doesn't change. I agree. I agree. Speaking of change in the NFL, our guy Brian Flores. We we've been singing Brian Flores' praises from the like beginning. Him. We said. He should he shouldn't have been fired from Miami. We said he should be he should have his pick of a job. We said a lot of things, and he came out with receipts and said, "Yo, this here is some nonsense, and y'all need to figure it out." Jared, I I know you've been you've been keeping up with the story. You have you have some thoughts on this story? Kind of for, for those who don't know, kind of break it down and let people know what's going on with Brian Flores in the NFL. Um, yeah, it's just as of right now, Brian Flores is fine. I think I believe a discrimination lawsuit against the NFL. He was the reason, as Chris mentioned, he's the recently fired Miami Dolphins coach who believes that he was unfairly not even he, he wasn't even looked at for the NFL jobs that were emerging. You look at how the Giants recently hired their newest head coach. Brian Flores, well, he that he had a sham of an interview, which is possibly probably. true because we've seen it. It probably happened, and he's filed this lawsuit in New York. And again, let's let's call it as it is. He filed this on the first day of Black History Month. I love to see that coincidental, I think, but still, <laughs> yeah, but it's just we wait to see where he, you look at this case and the things that he's highlighting. He wants to issue change. He's trying to bring about a conversation that hasn't been had since Kaepernick. Because we we took a pause, we talked about it a little bit, but the Rooney Rule is a sham, Chris. It's a it's a huge sham, and this is something that he's now fighting to oppose. It, it was a well intentioned failure, and that's what he called it in his lawsuit. The Rooney Rule is not working. He quotes and said he said it's not working because the numbers of black head coaches, coordinators, quarterback coaches are not even close to being reflective of the number of black athletes on the field. Chris, when you look at it right now, I, I think you could pretty much say it. 
how many NFL black head coaches there are this season. No, after the season now, because there's only one. One. There's only one. It started with three. We've had what? Four or five in totality in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's, it's now we're back we, at we, one. We, it's like we're back yeah, at square one. There's been a lot of there's been a lot of black coaches, but uh, black coaches unfairly get the short end of the stick. You know, there's no, there's no reason that you know who 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 who's on the tip of my tongue? Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson, right? And I'm a, I am I didn't mean to mention Hugh Jackson. I didn't want to mention Hugh Jackson here, but Hugh Jackson went one for 31. He came out and said, in addition to what, like Flores said, that Stephen Ross, who owns the Dolphins, offered him 100 grand for every loss to try to improve the draft stock. Hugh Jackson said that the, the Browns did the same thing. Yep. Which, hmm, hmm. going back and looking, makes some sense. You know, if if you're here, if you're going to tell me there's not incentivized tanking in professional sports, I'm going to tell you you're wrong. Because every team, not just the ones coached by Doug Peterson, tank. Now, some some guys do it a little bit more blatantly than others. You know, if you want to talk about the process, everyone talks about the process. Oh, the process. The process was a sham. They tanked. Yeah, they tanked. And they told you what they was going to tank. They didn't go out here and say, oh, yeah, we're going to compete and and put the best team on the, you know, compete and, and, and just be living in ineptitude. No, we're going to stink, and then we're going to be good. And looking at my watch, they stunk, and now they're pretty good. I mean, they stink for different reasons now, but they, they're pretty good. Brian Flores says, and it didn't even just mention him. Eric Bieniemy went on 20 interviews, can't get a head coaching job. There is no, you know, prominent offensive, you know, offensive coordinators. That's who mostly get hired now. Offensive coordinators of color. Can you name any offensive coordinators of color, Jared? That's been hired recently? Uh, right now. Any offensive coordinators of color? Besides Bieniemy and Leftwich? Besides Bieniemy and Leftwich. No. Byron Leftwich probably doesn't even want the Jacksonville job because of Trent Baalke, but that's for other re- other reasons. But I hope, you know, why does David Cully, David Cully's gone after a year where he pretty much, for all intents and purposes, did better than expected. With and I team, told y'all this on the pod, that he was going to probably be a year removed. With, with the team that stunk, but Dan Campbell had a team that stunk, and I, and I like the job that Dan Campbell did. I'm just using... These two as an example, because they're pretty much on the same platform. First for both first year head coaches, one gets fired, one doesn't. What's the difference? Right? Yeah. Now, is Brian Flores going to coach in the NFL again? No. Probably not. And I want this. No, this probably not doing bigger things now. But there are still head coaching openings out there. The Saints are still available. The Jags are still available. Uh, Houston's still available. Now, whether or not he wants to go to those jobs is a different story. Those jobs are out there. Now, if New Orleans goes to Brian Flores and says, listen, you know, you're the man for the job, I think he takes I think he takes that job. You know what I'm saying? 
whether or not New Orleans is a mess going forward. It's a and it's a mess. It's just, it's still a it's still a job, and the lawsuit doesn't go away because it needs it needs to bring bring forth the conversation that we're having and that he's having on ESPN and all these other outlets are having is that the Rooney Rule, in theory, makes makes sense. You have to at least include minorities in the process. However. In practice, it's become okay. Yeah, we're just going to try. Yeah, here, yeah. Come on, come on. Interview. We'll give you we'll give two you, interviews. We'll get we'll you. Come on, come on. Let's get this out the way. No, oh, not even that. Not, yeah, it is. No, we'll, no, no. We'll give you an interview, and we might not take it seriously. And you're not our guy at all. But we're gonna make you go through the process anyway. Whatever, right? But Flores said that Denver didn't take the interview seriously. John Elway showed up drunk. That's what Brian Flores supposedly hungover, drunk, inebriated. Yep, that's the word. Thank you. How many times did How many times did Deuce Stanley get a head coach's interview? He's only got one in my eyes. He's only had one an opportunity. That was with the Eagles, and I don't even think he really was given the opportunity. Exactly. What he was was he just a quota filler? Again, look at it now, though. Really, really break it down. Context clues. What do they label those African American coordinators? Running back player, running back coaches, defensive coordinators that take drag go for these interviews for head coaching jobs. What do they label them as later? Bad interviewers. They were they were they were, they were bad. The bad interviews. Interviews. That's that's what they label us that us as African Americans as now if they don't get those jobs. And that's their new standard for avoiding the Rooney Rule. Oh, they were just bad to interview. He said he he said some of the right things, but some of the other things in the interview we just didn't write, so we went with this other guy, which is technically going to be a white head coach. And, 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 I, and I'm not saying, and I'm not saying, if the if the white guy is better for the job, like obviously hire the best man. But put black coaches who deserve to be in these conversations, in these rooms, to have interviews, in these interviews. No reason Jim Caldwell shouldn't have a job in the NFL. No reason, no reason Herm Edwards shouldn't have a job if he wants it in the NFL. Listen. No reason Pep Hamilton shouldn't be the offensive coordinator somewhere. Mike Loxley is the is the head coach in at Maryland, University of Maryland, and the head of the, the, the minority football coaches coalition. And the part of Flora and the part of the Flores lawsuit that I love was that half players in these process, you know, have have players a part of the interview process for a head coach and to have in writing, the reason if you're going to fire a coach, I, I think that should I think that should be standard. Why wouldn't we have our players who are on the field interviewing or in the process of saying who's going to lead our football team day to day? Why wouldn't we put in writing our reasons if they're valid for why we're moving on from a candidate or from from our coach? And the thing that I, I and I'm going to end on with this that I think a lot of people are missing the point is you tell them you don't I don't think that Belichick thing was an accident by the way. Did you see um, the, you see I the screenshots? I was I was going to mention that I've seen I, I think it's high it, it could be an accident I don't really know but do you really you really think it's an accident, bro? I I think he 
definitely messed that up. I don't, Bill Belichick. I don't, I don't think he did. But I don't know if it's an accident. I think he I think he thought it was Brian Flores. I really do believe he thought it was, it was Brian Flores. It was Brian Flores. And then he found out no, no, no. that it was the other Brian. He was like, oh, man, I took the wrong person. Which no. is then an accident on his part, but it should never have been that way in the first place. I don't, and that's the problem. I don't think it's, I don't think, I don't think that was a mistake. I think this, this whole, Brian Flores' case, and I, I really, I really stand behind it, is going to illuminate certain aspects of football when it comes to coaches getting jobs that need to be talked about. And that we, a lot of media members that are African American talk about it, but it's not correlated with the rest of the world at times, is that certain white head coaches get it off easy. Or they get jobs immediately after. Just look at the perfect example, Chris, would be Freddie Kitchens. He's not in a head coach anymore, but look at how easy it was for him to get transitioned into a head coaching job within a year. Freddie Kitchens got the job because Baker was like, yo, that's my guy. But look where he went from. You're talking about he got hired in 2018 as a running backs head, a running backs coach. Running backs coach. Then what are we in October? What was that? What, week eight then. He becomes the offensive coordinator. Was so what are we then the season ends 2019? He's the head coach. Exactly. That man went through the fastest transition I've ever seen. So here, but here's 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 my pushback. My coach would never get that opportunity. Of course, it's not. just that it, it, it that's something that needs to be highlighted in the running room. Here's my pushback yeah. to that though. Poorly run organization. Absolutely. Poorly and that's run. something that the poorly run. The Giants are one of those organizations they've never hired a black head coach. Browns. No, no, no. The Browns are, no, are I, I we, the Browns. I'm switching over back to the Giants with the okay. Brian Flores. They're another poor organization. They've never hired a black head coach. They probably will continue to push back against it because you see how they are now. They're denying it. They're also the team that was last to utilize a black QB, Chris, out of the whole NFL. They were the last team to do it. This is just a this is a known facts about them. So when you look at how they had a, this sham interview with Brian Flores. I understand why he wants to push back. I understand why he's like, all right, what was like, what is the point of this? They're disrespecting him and they're discrediting all the hard work that he's put in. This is a guy that you've already mentioned was asked to tank because they were what one in seven. He was asked to tank. And then he somehow turned that season around. That team ended nine and eight. That shows how much of how much integrity he has in that he's a winning head coach. And and don't forget about this that was mentioned in the lawsuit, and we'll we'll transition off of this in a second. All, all we kept hearing was is he does he wants he Flores being Flores wants Watson Flores wants Watson. That was the only argument against Watson, him, right? Lawsuit comes out. Flores said, "I never wanted Watson. They wanted Watson. Yeah, I was cool with Tua, and they push it on me like I'm hard to work with, and I'm this and I'm that. That's the problem." That I'm glad that he brought to the limelight because a lot of a lot of black professionals get that rap. You throw this nonsense in my face, and now I push back because this is this is bull, and now I'm hard to work with. I'm bullish. I'm standoffish. Okay. I hope Brian Flores get the bag, the bag. But uh, and the one thing I want to mention too. If guys is out here genuinely tanking, how's that look for that for that FanDuel partnership, for that DraftKings partnership, for that legalized gambling partnership? They gonna have a, this might open a can of worms. They're not ready for it because if you start telling me these games is fixed, this is the problem. Get rid of the owners. Get rid of Stephen Ross. Somebody got sack. Somebody got to sack. If we find out. Oh, because again, 
the more evidence will come out. This case is going to be ongoing. If this, if that part is true, Chris, that Ross really was paying or trying to pay him hundred thousand. And, 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 and if Jimmy Haslam was doing it too, doing it to do, ownership needs to be revoked. Get rid of him. All black people with money. Let's go. <laughs> I'm the bot, the Browns. And <laughs> um, Jerry, real quick, you want to give your thoughts on the AFC NFC Championship games that just transpired this past weekend? Man, that man, that kid, Joe Burrow. Man. I'm rooting for him. That's all I can really like, We do our little analysis, but like that game was phenomenal. I enjoyed I'm, every I'm, ounce of this football. I haven't done this in a while, Jared. Will you indulge me for a second? Guess who gets the slander this week? Oh. Andy Reid. Oh, man. You know, it's crazy. I'm, I'm like, trying I'm to Andy Reid slander. Like He's like back again. Again. Andy Reid's doing it again, though. <clears throat> you have 13 seconds left at the end of the first half. You decide, I'm going to just go get a touchdown. I'm going to get a touchdown. You have five seconds left, and you draw up a play where I don't know who, who gets the blame for this, either Andy or Mahomes. I want to give it to Andy because he should have just said we're taking this field goal. But Mahomes gets a piece of it too because you know you got five seconds left and no times outs, and you throw the ball behind. You throw pretty much what, 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 what equates to a lateral, and you don't get out of bounds, and you get nothing. Then you come out in the second half, and you play flat, turn the ball over, flat, turn the ball over. That's a little, a little of that, a little of that is on Andy, and a little of that is on Mahomes. They got to share that and eat that because that is a collapse. Eighteen yeah. point lead, and you blew it at home to Cincinnati, a team that hadn't won a playoff game before this year since 1991. Kansas City should be ashamed of themselves. Andy Reid should be ashamed of himself. Same old Andy. So since you're doing the slander, I'll I'll do the praise. Go ahead. Joe Burrow. Oh, man, that kid is different. Is it okay? I guess I can't really call him kids. He's older than me. <laughs> that dude is—he's special. I mean, Jerry is special than him, so you you got that, bro. Res- respect that. All no right. problem. Probably, <laughs> he taught me too, but all right, it, it is what it is. But deep, I, I wasn't going to say that. He got the swag. He throws with confidence. He's behind a, a still a suspect O line. Jerry, the defense, Chris. This is still going to be a praise, but the defense was gassed against the Chiefs. Hold on, tag me, tag me, tag me. Oh, my fault. What, what you got to say? You know how Apple been going off the people on Twitter all week, had one great play, and then he calls out Tyreek Hill. I oh, man. Yeah. I can't wait for Cooper Cup and Odell to trade off on cooking this guy on national television. All right, go I, ahead. I, You know what's going to happen. He talked a lot. Again, he made a, one good play. Tyreek didn't see the ball, I think, the second half at all. It goes back to your rant. But it, when I watched Joe Burrow play, it was just phenomenal the way he was poised. I thought he was overlooking Jamar Chase, but then there would be times when he just finds him between the scenes on crossing on crossing routes, on a hitch where he might he, he would ignore the double coverage and he would wait till he gets that right opportunity to make that throw. And he was doing it because again, this team has so many weapons. There was an argument to be made where they're like, "Why would you take the wide receiver in Jamar Chase when they need an O line?" And this is why you now have three dominant wide receivers and they're now got you to the Super Bowl. I think they have a real shot, Chris, mm-hmm. at winning the Super Bowl. 
But then now let's go to the other game. I got to give a lot of praise to Matt Stafford. He started this. He started the season 0 three in the playoffs. Guess what his record is now? Three and three. Yeah, well. he's broke even. And if he wins this next one, that's the bull. He's he's done it. He is coming. This Rams is an all-in Super Bowl bus team, and they're at the Super Bowl. So they've achieved that one. They could tick that off. To get to the Super Bowl, they've done that with the roster they've constructed, with the guys they brought in, with the paychecks they are giving out. Now it's about time to finish it. And if you're the Rams, that's like I can't like each team has a real chance. If I was to say who I'm going with, I would go with the Rams. You're at your home stadium. That is a big advantage. I know that you know NFL when it does Super Bowl, they they make it where it's like 50-50 split from away fans and home fans, but that does not change the fact that this stadium, these guys know it. It is so far. Like they know they played there all season. They they know the ins and outs. They're gonna feel comfortable. When you're in a Super Bowl, do you have all that emotion running high? You're in the game, you're nervous. When you're at those guys are gonna be at home, it's gonna be a that little bit of less pressure for them compared to the Bengals, who have young guys, they have a Joe Burrow who's never seen this, never been there before. The Bengals just got their first win in years in the playoffs in this season. So it's a lot of pressure on them. So if you're the Rams and if you're the players on the Rams and the organization, the staffing. You, you really relish this opportunity to be able to play at your home and get that home field advantage when you go into a game like this. It's so I, bowl or bust. Yep. It's bowl or bust. So I'm all for it. I, I think right now, since we could just kind of, we're almost about to wrap this show up. If I was giving you a prediction, Chris, yeah. I'm going to go with the Rams. I've said it before. This is the game for me that puts me with the Matt Stafford hype, Chris. This will be the game. I agree. I'm a, I'm a flip side on that. I'm going to take a slander. Kyle Shanahan comes up small again. Jimmy G comes up small again. They had opportunities to, to go out there to L.A., win two games in a row, basically, in L.A., and be Super Bowl champions, and they, they didn't. Um, they used a lot of uh, Debo. I think, the, you know, he's a one-of-a-kind guy. You're, you're going to see a lot of guys try to replicate a Debo-type guy. It's not happening. I'm going to say that right now. It's not happening. But you have a guy like Debo who's a unicorn, basically, and you can use him all over the field. Jimmy G, got to go. You know, like, that's it. It was nice while it lasted. But Trey Lance, it's your time to shine. Maybe if they have Trey Lance out there, I mean, you've seen the flashes of, you know, big arm, can run, can move. Maybe he makes he brings another dynamic to that offense. Um, you might start seeing that Washington 2012 RG3 type Kyle Shanahan offense. So we'll see how that goes. But, you know, Jaquiski Tart drops that easy, easy interception. He, he just dropped That's it. That's what sealed the game for me. And then Ramsey, Ramsey dropped the easy, easy interception as well. So, you know, San Francisco was there. I think, you know, they, they have to be considered among the top of the NFC. That division is still like crazy, crazy good. Um, <laughs> what more can you say? But go Bengals. <laughs> go Bengals. I'm listen, man. The, the Bengals is a great story. It's a great story, and I, I would love to see it. I really don't have a dog in the fight. I would love just to, you know for that for that for the guy like for a guy like Burrow to win the Heisman National Championship game Super Bowl. Be the first quarterback ever to do it, so maybe there's some history there. That that would be amazing. I'm not mad either way. I don't have really any, and like I'm a fan of the sport now. I don't really have any lingering interest for either of these teams when it comes to. Oh yeah, I'm really rooting for this team. I'm just here to see who wins. 
Same, same. Jared, before we wrap everything up, anything else you want to want to mention before we go? Um, uh, we, we talked about it off there. I don't know if we really want to still keep talking about it, but your boy's been mentioned again, Chris. Listen, I know where you're going with this. I'm glad Shaq told him what he was or national. I wasn't even talking about that boy, Chris. You got a lot, you got a lot of you, you hate a lot of players. You do. I really, I really gotta mention these guys better. Ben Simmons just was was discredited by Shaq and he was in Shaq's DMs. So something that no no notorious people were known for. They saw in DMs when they mad. So in Shaq DMs after Shaq called him a hey, man. with your mad ass. But yeah, so Shaq basically called out Ben and said, You should be playing. It's probably not going to happen, but Shaq made his piece, so we had to say, no, Chris, let's talk about your, your, your guy. The greatest non-winner on the basketball court, but he's a great player. Bradley loser. Bradley Bill's looking to possibly uh, switch destinations. What, then what he said, I can be a bigger bum than you? There's beef between Bradley, him and Dinwiddie, and or the Bill players said, and Dinwiddie. Huh. Huh. didn't sign the extension, Chris. There's possibilities that he could be traded this coming offseason. Not the trade deadline. I don't see that happening. But this offseason, he could be moved. And I, I know a guy who could play in Washington, D.C. He's yeah, about 6'10". I, I, I know a player, too. He's Australian. He, I mean, listen, D.C. about two and a half hour drive. Probably from his house. <laughs> yeah, you know. It would be uh, something to see. I'm, I'm excited for if, if the trade deadline will listen, be. Everybody listen. 10. Everybody tune in. Listen, listen, listen. If Washington wants to trade Bradley Bill for Ben Simmons, I pick up Bradley Bill from the airport myself. <laughs> oh, now you'll take him, huh? Oh yeah, I'll take him. <laughs> Before you was like, I don't want him. Now you'll take him, huh? Hey, listen. If this team can win it, if this team without him is is a game out the out the one seed with him, with Embiid playing like this, and Tobias. Uh, and Maxi, come on, man. You you've seen Maxi in person, Jared. He's the truth. Admit it, Jared. He's the truth. Oh yeah, he's um also going to be on the in the Rising Stars Challenge that'll be coming up for All Star Weekend. Can't wait. All Star starters have been announced. As we're recording, the All Star reserves will be announced as well. So we'll, we'll see how say that, that turns out. We'll say that for next week. Yeah, we'll say that. We'll see how that turns out. You know, shout out my guy Embiid for making the All-Star starters, though. Yes. And Maxi for making the, the software, all right? It's, hey, yes. Eagles are making the Pro Bowl. The Sixers are making uh, the All-Star weekend. We, we got, we're, we're doing things. The Pro, Bowl. Pro Bowl ain't a real thing, man. Stop it. <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's pretty poor. But, hey, it's for the fans. It's for the fans. All right, all three of them are going to be watching. <laughs> so thank you all for listening to another episode of Straight to the Point. If you liked what you hear, tell a friend and tell a friend to tune in. Special, special for next week. The trade deadline is going to be February 10th at 4 p.m. So we will be on Instagram going live with our reactions, our thoughts, our, our some, some discussions. So make sure you tune in to STTP Podcast on all your favorite socials, but especially on Instagram to see me and Jared, um, hopefully wavy, just like, you know, just like Jared wants me to be. I'm going to try to be wavy. As you say, you know, you know, Jared, Jared got Jared got the curls. I got the wig, <laughs> you know, just to kind of differentiate. Jared got the better beard and you know, stuff like that. But we're going to talk about our thoughts to our trade deadline. So make sure you kind of tune in. You know, join the conversation. We'd love to hear your thoughts. We want you to kind of tune in with us and talk to us. Um, make sure you follow me at underscore Chris Cross. 
Follow me at underscore Jada Hughes. Yeah, definitely gonna be a big thing. Hopefully, it's a major trade deadline because it'll be it'd be corny if there were no moves made at all. By the <laughs> if there's no moves, still join us. We're gonna talk about what could have been, what should have been. Yeah, we're, I would talk about the trades that I would have made if I was a GM because I love making trades. But um, definitely hit. We'll, we'll, we'll tap in with you guys. Do not hit us up because Ben Simmons will not be traded. So don't ask us why wasn't Ben traded. If don't Ben is traded, you know where to be. You know exactly where to be. It's not going to happen. I will tell you now it's not going to happen. But for Chris's mindset, hey, maybe. Keep up with Hey, follow us. Definitely continue to follow us. We're trying to get up to 1,000 followers. Let's get to it.